like show business, like no business I know. Everything about it is appealing. Everything that traffic. Kia ora, good evening, and welcome to the first no episode of Married to the Movies. This is Doug Dillerman. And I'm Sarah Watt. And together, we're, we're the, the Dillawatts. Yes, it's going to be that kind of podcast, annoyingly cute. Been in the works for several minutes now, actually. And uh, Because I'm slightly behind the eight ball in getting my head around the Oscar nominations for 2018, we decided that we would share the, this information with one another and capture our instinctive reactions in terms of who we think should win and who we think will win. Mm. So we'll take turns going through uh, the categories, and shall we start with Best Picture? Sure. The nominees are, drumroll please, Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. So, I have a terrible feeling that the Academy might go all a little bit no country for old men and uh, award it to three billboards. But otherwise, I think that maybe it is going to be a Dunkirk year. As much as I think they might not have the appetite for war movies, um, I feel like it's kind of done, I feel like it's kind of British, and, and maybe the Academy won't go for it. But to my mind, at least, Dunkirk is definitely one of those big epic cinema kind of experiences, you know? Uh, yeah, I just, um, I have a feeling that Three Billboards has the momentum because of the whole hashtag me too thing and that got nominated for um, quite a few awards and it, there's just a sense that I have that it'll be the movie that captures the zeitgeist, which is a shame because I, I haven't seen Phantom Thread yet, but I certainly, pre- and I haven't seen Lady Bird, but I certainly preferred uh, Get Out and Call Me By Your Name from this list to, mm. to say nothing of the films that weren't nominated. But I think um, what'll happen with the ones that you've mentioned mm. is that they'll wind up with screenplay credits possibly director, um, although we'll talk about that, but um, and, and sort of be fogged off with the, the, the screenplay, and, and it was an honor to be nominated in such great company kind yeah. of experience. It's um, one of the interesting things this year is a lot of the nominations seem to skew towards younger movies than historically the Academy has gone for, and a lot, you know, films like, a film like Get Out is not a traditional mm. Oscar Lady film. Bird, or really. Lady Bird, well, mm. Yeah, and so the question, I think, is though that the influence of older voters are, is waning, but there's still quite a few of them, and I, I don't see them voting for Get Out, I see them voting for Dunkirk. And, mm. um, with so many nominees, with nine nominees, um, Although we, I mean, we have to, we can't ignore The Shape of Water as the most nominations. I know, I know. And, and it's, it's just as likely that they'll chuck maybe not so much of a curveball and, and give it to Shape of Water. Not, I mean, I think you and I, Doug, were the only people in the history of the world who didn't absolutely fall over ourselves to love that movie. I know it's been desperately popular critically and, and sort of audience-wise, am I right? Uh, I don't know how it's done at the box office. Certainly it's had its share of... Um uh, wild fans, and I guess if you want to see um, Amelie, but this time she's mute and it's all in teal, then you know. <laughs> I mean, I guess the thing, I mean, I, I do have a lot of respect for it being like a pretty weird idea for a movie to get as far as Best Picture. and I Or to it, get as far as, what is it, 13 nominations? Yeah, and, and um, Guillermo del Toro is one of those guys who always does what he wants to do and has been doing it for a long time, um, and that I always want to like his movies, and it just... Sometimes it comes together. The Devil's Backbone was great. I think Pan's Labyrinth is overrated, but everyone else thinks it's great. But I mean, um, but yeah, but I mean, look, none of those. I mean, with respect, that's not best picture material, you know. I mean, I don't know how much the Academy's decided 
to um, to piss off its president, not its president, sorry, the United States president, and <laughs> and and award thirteen noms to a, a foreigner. I mean, who knows? <laughs> but um, anyway, well, he's he's already the side of the wall now because he lives in America these days. Mm. Um, do you want to read? The uh, directing nominations. Sure. So up for Best Director, we have Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Jordan Peele, Get Out, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread, and Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Who would you like to win it out of those yeah, five? Oh, we, yeah, so so to, to go back to Best Picture, my, my sh- should win is Call Me By Your Name, my will win, I'm going to for three billboards. Here I would say... Should win. I haven't seen the Phantom Thread yet. Is the thing, um, but I I deeply love Paul Thomas Anderson and people I trust, like the person I'm doing this podcast with. It's a spectacular, beautiful, um, cinematic, exquisitely made, almost impeccable film, and um, it's the sort of thing that you think should deserve, if not a Best Picture, then Best Director. Yeah. Win, but I, do, I don't think it's I don't think it's going to. I think I think Christopher Nolan feels like the consensus candidate out of this bunch unless it's just a shape of water sweep and and often best director is most directed and certainly there's no question that the shape of water is very obviously directed the only thing is given the current climate um greta gerwig is a um i would i would say a slightly left field uh, nominee here um but you know the conspicuous absence of any is there only one is it only catherine bigelow who's ever won best director as uh, being a woman and so maybe it's a Greta Gerwig year, or maybe they'll double bluff us and back out of it being something that feels too much like it's a token gesture. Now, neither, neither of us have seen Lady Bird yet. It doesn't screen for another week here, so we're kind of flying blind, but it has been really well received. Yes. And I can certainly see in this year of all years, people saying, you know what? None of these films are rising to the top for me, so I'm going to vote for the woman because. Yeah, maybe. And, you know, that, that's, you know, people have won Oscars for worse reasons than that. Sure. So... Um, best original screenplay. Now I have to say I do think of the screenplay uh, categories as being the we're not going to give you it for film or director, but hey, here you go, you did a night. Yeah. It was a it's, good it's, script. It's the Quentin Tarantino Pulp Fiction. It, it absolutely one, is. You know, and that's yeah. the um, that's the kind of the anointing uh, one. And so we've got here we've got The Big Sick by Emily V. Gordon and Kumail Nanjiani, Get Out by Jordan Peele, Lady Bird by Greta Gerwig. The Shape of Water by Guillermo del Toro and Vanessa Taylor, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri by Martin McDonough. Yeah, and it could go to Martin, and I don't want it to at all. I, <laughs> I, I want it to go to Jordan Peele, because I don't think he's going to win Best Director or Best no. Picture, and I think Get Out was by far and away the cleverest. I mean, it is a true, yeah. to me, it is the epitome of an original screenplay, script yeah. brilliant. Um, uh, whereas the others are nice stories, probably nice characterization. I think the big sick is overrated, blah, blah, blah. Get Out is really special. Um, and so I think that that's what he'll get lumbered with, which is no bad thing. Oh, poor guy getting lumbered with a best screenplay well, Oscar. Sure, first but film. I mean, you know, and, and I suppose, you know, he'd, yes, exactly. First yeah. film and he'd be so glad to have been nominated in all the, the, the major categories as well. Yeah. So that's my, my pick. I think I think the thing is that's interesting, though, is Three Billboards won't get, it wasn't nominated for Best Director. And the screenplay is a very conspicuous presence in that film. Yes. You know, it's all about the words and all about that's true. these often to my mind slightly cumbersome turns of phrase but I think like you know this is going to be one of those spread the the wealth years I think well let's Um, hope so because if it becomes a shape of water year I'll be incredibly bored yeah I mean not having seen Lady Bird again but I would say um should win get out will win three billboards 
I think you could be right. I think you could be right. So then when we're looking at adapted screenplay, we've got Call Me By Your Name, James Ivory. I think it's wonderful that James Ivory, old fellow that he is, has reared his head again. (laughs) We've got The Disaster Artist. Um, we've got Logan, which I think is a very interesting yeah, um, left pick. Choice. Yeah, Molly's Game, good old Aaron Sorkin, uh, and Mudbound. Yeah, which we should we haven't watched Mudbound yet, but we've seen the other four. Um, or did you see Logan? I did. Yes, yeah, we saw it separately. Um, I I call me by your name. I feel like is got to be the winner. I do I feel too. Like, and I feel like it'll probably be as much an award for James Ivory as it is for that specific script, but mm. they um, deserve it. I agree with you, and I think it'll mm. be the award that that film gets, because mm. we're, we're going to get on to Best Actor, but I don't think the young chap's going to win it for yeah. Best Actor. I think it will be a nice-to-have-been-nominated situation, and I don't think it's Best Picture material, yeah. even though for a lot of us critics, it was one of the maybe best three or five films of last year. Well, as we know, it's very rare that you get Best Picture without getting Best Director nomination, and that's... Um, that's quite telling. Yeah, that... that but Nino didn't get it. Yeah. And, sure. Which is a, sh- a shame, because I think he deserved it more than some of the people that got nominated. But So what are we thinking? Uh, I think Call Me By Your Name, I just can't see it not winning, and I think it deserves to win. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick a second from that list, I, not having seen Mudbound... I probably wouldn't. Um, you know, the other ones are all fine. I, yeah. I didn't really like Logan, but um, Disaster Artist is is interesting. Um, Maui's Game is a typical Aaron Sorkin script. Right? Yeah. It has its strengths and it has its weaknesses, and it's all the Sorkin-y kind of But I don't think it's an Aaron Sorkin year, funnily enough. So now we're going to look at actor in a leading role. First up, mm-hmm. Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name. Yep. Are there others? Why oh, right. There others? Oh, wait. <laughs> um, what, you think he'll get it, or he should get it, or he... Probably should get it, but go on. Sure. Um, so, Daniel Day-Lewis, um, a little-known actor. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, hasn't but, really done very ignore much. Ignore that, yeah. He, right. He deserves, sir. So, Daniel Day-Lewis, in his yet-again retired, um, I'm retired but back, but this is the last time, Phantom Thread, Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, third yeah. or fourth Churchill we've had to contend with, um, and finally, Denzel Washing... Washington. Washington? So, I'm not really sure. Some guy mm. for Roman J. Israel Esquire. So this Denzel Washington, I'm glad the Academy has <laughs> finally, um, finally chosen him for, for this. For that overwhelming, I mean, he's just ridden in on the coattails of Roman J. Israel <laughs> Esquire, really. I mean, um, yeah, okay. So, which is actually the new film from the director of Nightcrawler, so I don't want to dismiss it outright. Oh, I'm sure it's a great but, film. Um, well, I'm not so sure it's a great film, considering it's gotten literally no nominations besides this, and no critics that I know are really rushing to defend it. But I would say, um, should win Daniel or Timothy... Will win probably Gary Oldman because he's wearing a fat suit and I I don't know I haven't seen Darkest Hour I'm trying to decide whether I want to go see it tomorrow I just just watching the thing it's like mm. it just feels like a stupid human trick Gary Oldman's history of abuse may wind up coming to bite him here uh, might mm. not um, I feel like Daniel Day Lewis deserves the sort of valedictory one but I also feel like Phantom Thread hasn't quite connected. Mm. It's tricky, isn't it? Um, I mean, I I adored Daniel Day-Lewis in Phantom Thread, and I think he's stupendous in everything he does. And you almost get to the stage where you're like, well, of course he's good, move on. And, um, and that, of course, isn't how somebody should be judged. Timothy Chalamet, I thought, was sensational and groundbreaking, mm. or rather, breakthrough role for him in um, Call Me By Your Name. And I think because he's young and because it was very much a first-time thing, it'll be a, it was nice to be nominated in this category. They don't need to give it to him. I think Gary Oldman will probably get it. Daniel Kaluuya, I just think 
I mean, I think Get Out is is very du jour, and it was a brilliant, fantastic film, and he was solid as. But I don't think it's best actor material at all. I, I feel like that there are at least three stronger performances in Get Out, um, particularly um, Betty Gabriel, the supporting um, actress who's the, um, the maid. maid there. Mm. You know, she's stunning. Mm. Um, Keith Sanfield, who's in the opening scene and mm. then comes back later. Is yes. The, um, I mean, those are really fascinating performances. And... Um, and Daniel's just like um, the the calm center that holds everything together, and he yeah. makes it work. But it's um, yeah, I don't think it, it's it anything sensational. Factor. No. Um, so if we move over to actress in a leading role, so we've got Sally Hawkins with The Shape of Water. <gasps> Does it leave you speechless? Keep going. Oh, uh, Francis McDormand, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Keep going. Margot Robbie, I Tanya. Keep going. Sir Sir Ronan, Lady Bird. And Meryl Streep for The Post. Oh, for crying out loud. I don't think, like Trump, that Meryl is an overrated actress with no talent, but I'm kind of bored with her getting nominated for everything she does. And I thought Florence Foster Jenkins was one of the worst films ever made, and just because she was good in it, like she did fine, she didn't need to be nominated for that. She's fine in The Post, but she is as good as you expect Meryl to be. And it is not that difficult or sensational a role, so I think that's ludicrous. Um, I haven't seen Saoirse in Lady Bird yet, um, but I have seen the other three. Sally Hawkins, look, you know, wonderful for her to be nominated. How adorable. I am not a massive fan, and um, I don't think she deserves it. I think Margot Robbie 100% deserves it. I think Frances will get it, and I think Frances McDormand, if she gets it, is a wonderful recipient, completely worthy. Um, but I would love Margot Robbie to get it because I feel like she really did a sensational performance in I, Tonya. Yeah, and I, I'm at a disadvantage here because I haven't seen I, Tonya apart from the trailers. But um, I have a feeling because I, Tonya hasn't really cut through in the other categories that the uh, momentum's going to be with Francis, who's, you know, long been an industry favorite and, um, again, a, a film that's very worthy. To me, the, the person that's really missing here is um, Michelle Williams. And I think Mm. that's part of the um, collateral damage of all the money in the world. Mm. Um, But I thought she was phenomenal in that. I thought that um, she would have been a shoe-in for Best Actress. Um, And I certainly think she, you know, acts circles around Sally Hawkins in particular. Meryl Streep this year. Michelle Williams, to me, acts circles around pretty much everybody. And again, I mean, I, I hope that I never get inured to her talent in the way I feel a little bit like that towards Meryl. Um, I adore Michelle Williams. I agree with you. She was magnificent in All the Money in the World, just as she was in that tiny, wincy, incy, wincy role in Manchester by the Sea. Yes. Um, but I don't feel too grief-stricken that she's not nominated because her time will come again and again and again. And she's cashing greatest showman checks, so, you know. Right. That's well, a, there you go. Yeah. Shall we move over to actor in a supporting role? Hit it. Willem Dafoe, The Florida Project. Yeah. Woody Harrelson, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Nope. Richard Jenkins, The Shape of Water. Are you kidding me? That isn't... that. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World. Yep. And Sam Rockwell, also Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yep. Um, Willem Dafoe was sensational. It would be wonderful for him to win in The Florida Project. He was really... When I say startling, I don't mean... Wow, he can act. I mean, he really stood out in a, he, in a film of amazingly strong performances. But especially with the combination of actors and non-actors and having to bring those different energies together um, and somebody who can get a, go a bit over the top True. at times, you know, Willem at his best is, you know, amazing. But Willem, when he's kind of 
not quite there. You're playing a bit to the cameras a bit much, but yeah, I totally He was agree. so authentic. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're quite right that actually his performance in Florida Project was so seamless that you couldn't actually tell who was a real actor yeah. and who was just a person off the street. Because yeah, you have they Caleb all... Landry Jones show up mm. at one point who's unrecognizable because he seems like a normal human being, yes. like what he normally plays. And um, yeah, and then you have him working with non-professionals and you, yeah. it all works. So maybe, maybe Willem Dafoe. Um, personally, um, I thought Christopher Plummer was absolutely marvellous, but I don't think he's going to get it. I don't think Woody Harrelson needs to. Um, I, I think that he acquitted himself really well. I think that yeah. you know his character, along with the other two leads in Three Billboards, was well written and well performed to be both unsympathetic and sympathetic. But look, I mean, that's good acting, good writing. You don't need a... Yeah. An Oscar for that. Richard Jenkins, Shape of Water? Are you kidding so me? So I feel like I, Dan Slavin pointed this out on the radio the other day, and I totally agree. Um, you, the whole cast of Shape of Water, even um, not that he was nominated, but Doug Jones is the monster, you know, they're just kind of riding the coattails of the performances they've done before, you know. Mm. And at least Michael Shannon wasn't nominated for, yes. you know, Crazy right. FBI they're Agent all, Number 83. Exactly, they're all but, playing you know, roles they played before. Uh, yeah, and, and Sam Rockwell, I kind of feel the same about. Like, we've seen him. Play do crazy. a similar thing before of, you know, the village idiot. And, you know, he's great. I love watching him in everything. It's mm. another good Sam Rockwell performance. Richard Jenkins' character isn't even strong enough for me to say no. it's another good Richard Jenkins performance. No. It just feels like the typical Richard Jenkins performance phoned in over a hammy script. Um, I tell you what, though. Supporting actor or actress is the place where they can award it to somebody who is a bit eccentric or does something that's a little bit caricatured or a bit mannered and so I would be very happy with Sam Rockwell and maybe it's his time yeah and to be fair like none of these are really outrageous nominations in fact in general I think overall the nominations this year are like mostly pleasant surprises rather than unpleasant surprises sure they were quite reasonable yeah Actress in a supporting role, we have Mary J. Blige for Mudbound. We have Alison Janney for I, Tonya, Leslie Manville, Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird, and Octavia Spencer in The Shape of Water. Well, we have four films I haven't seen and a fifth that I don't understand why Octavia Spencer has shown up here other than as a Lifetime Achievement Award. We've seen her do so much better so many times. Oh, my gosh. Um, and the role and, was so ridden. It was, oh. I mean, look, it wasn't even a role particularly. Yeah. It was just so generic and so, I, I, I mean, she was fine because yeah. she's great. But it was totally a nothing part. So I think it's the most absurd I think it's because they just got all a little bit giggly going through the Shape of Water nominations, and they're like, hmm, can we yeah. find someone in this category? Yes, you know. I haven't looked at the studio breakdown, but that's something that often happens, is that when um, a single studio has a film, everybody puts their cards behind it, whereas if a studio has two films in the mix, then it can kind of you know, split or diffuse oh, the I see. Uh, voting process. Um, I'm gonna. Go, I'm just going to go with my gut that Allison Janney's going to get a I Lifetime do. Achievement Award here, yes. and um, that... She's going to get it, that in lieu of um, uh, the Margot Robbie getting the lead actress award. Sure. Um, but you know, I, I mean, Alison Janney's been great forever in a day. Yes. And um, and she's yeah. and she's splendid, Nightonia. I mean, it's a little bit like a little bit played for laughs, and I don't know if that's objectionable or not. I mean, in a way, what I'm saying is, with the supporting actor role, you can be a Sam Rockwell's character. You can be the outrageous. Um, Tonya Harding's mom, um, and and maybe that's the place for it. Leslie Manville in Phantom Thread is sensational, but it isn't a very glamorous 
role. It's right. it's not. It doesn't jump off the screen. It doesn't in the same jump way. off the screen. So I yeah. think that hers is one of those. Yes, here we are as a British person. We'll nominate you, and you just be grateful with that. Yeah. You know that kind of situation. Let's skip ahead to cinematography. Okay. Uh, now here we have three that we've seen. Uh, one that I'm going to, and that you might. Um, Blade Runner 2049. Roger Deakins. I don't know how many times. I think it's. I think he's uh, been nominated he, he, like he, 14 times. He deserves times. a Susan Lukey Award this year, he and especially really for that film. He but, does. But who's he up against? Um, Darkest Hour. Bruno Del Bonel. Yeah. I mean, Bruno's a strong DOP, but. Yeah, let's go on. Who and else? and I mean also with Darkest Hour being a Joe Wright film, it will be yeah. it will be beautiful. Um, but Dunkirk, Hoyter van Hoytema. Um, I think Dunkirk could very easily take mm. cinematography, but I think they'll give it to Blade Runner. But then there's also Mudbound, Rachel Morrison. First female DP ever nominated. Wow. Yeah. And The Shape of Water, Dan Lautz Laustsen. Not um, necessary. I just think Blade Runner's I mean, it hasn't been nominated for much else, and I understand why, but I think this is going to be the final of the year that we say we can no longer ignore the Roger Deakins in the room, and (laughs) I don't think any of those other films are so strong in that suit that Mm. they'll be able to take away from... Blade uh, Runner. The, the, the towering achievement of that. I think yeah, I, I think Dunkirk, there's so much that's shot outside during the day that um, even though that can take a lot of work, it often um, seems quite easy. Um, not that I'm sure it wasn't. We're going to skip to sound editing, which we wouldn't often do. That you know, Pundits don't often bother to talk much about the technical awards, but I think there was a lot of interesting sound in um, the last year. And the reason I'm skipping to sound editing is because I... I, I know pretty that excited. Gonna get yeah. it. Well, just that. Yeah. Well, but also, we have um, one one that I'm pleased was uh, not overlooked was uh, Baby Driver. Yes. Uh, there's Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, and Star Wars: The Last Jedi, which I actually expected to get a couple more nominations than it did, mm. but um, it seems to have been reserved for the technical noms. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's, it's all the sound categories are interesting because there's sound editing, there's sound mixing, and there's music mm. and. To some extent, those are always blurred, but I think with Hans Zimmer's work on Dunkirk this year, mm. um, they're especially blurred, and what's a sound effect and what's a score element mm. are quite uh, is quite obscure. So it'll be interesting to see um, what takes the uh, forefront there. And you'll notice that for sound mixing, it's the same five movies. Yes, and I think that's part and parcel of the... Um, I think general confusion is to where editing ends and mixing, mixing begins. begins. I mean, basically, editing are the sounds that's put are put there, and the mixing is at the levels that they go, and it's a bit of an obscure thing. I think it's going to be a. I think it'll be a Dunkirk. Yeah, I, I think Dunkirk's yeah. technicals are very front and center, and I Absolutely. think um, they contribute to story in a way none of these others do, and that's um, really powerful. And do you think um, we'll go through score very quickly? Because yeah. Dunkirk, Hans Zimmer's nominated there as well. We have um, Johnny Greenwood for The Phantom Thread, mm. Alexandra Desplat for The Shape of Water, no. John Williams for Star Wars The Last Jedi, and Carter Burwell for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which, good God, I think that's a bad nomination. Why? I just thought the music was so predictably mm. like, this is the Midwestern music that we're playing. Mm. You know, it just um, it just felt so on the nose. And If Alexandra Desplat wins for Shape of Water, I shall lose my rag because it is basically the Jan Tiersen score from um, Amelie. 
Right. I mean, it was horrifically Amelie, and I get it. Yeah. If you want to do it as an evocation, then fine. But don't you be, you know, original score kind of like nomination. I think that's outrageous. And I like Alexandre Desplat, yeah. but no, I thought that was ludicrous. I'd love to know if they used the um, source music from Amelie as a temp track in it. I Possibly. Did. Um, what did you think of the Phantom Thread music? Well, I've not seen the film yet. Right, so. and we've not spoken about this. Um, Johnny Greenwood's score is beautiful, but it is incessant, like Honestly, it was the only reason I cut it any slack is because it was beautiful music, right. but it went on and on and on and on. <laughs> and the fr- if I remember rightly, the front yeah. end of the film is piano music like ad nauseum. It's lovely, but it's kind of loud and kind of in every scene. And I and I was a I do query why that's necessary. And then if I remember rightly, sort of the the second half of the film is is largely strings, um, uh, and it's it's lovely. But I think it's. I think that original score is going to be Dunkirk, Hans yeah. Zimmer, hands down. Shall we move to um, film editing, which is, um, as an editor myself, is one I'm always fascinated by what they um, have okay. to pick. Okay, so the category of film editing, the nominees are Baby Driver, Dunkirk, mm. I, Tonya, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Okay, so... Shape of Water and Three Billboards are the ones that people who don't know about editing wrote because they liked the film and they were edited. I, I think <laughs> and they were edited. Yeah. You're so right. And that's <laughs> it. And that, and, and that, which points to the Shape of Water and Three Billboards are the ones that are most likely to get um, run away with a bunch of miscellaneous awards. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Dunkirk editing is such a huge accomplishment on both macro and micro scale. Yes. Um, and it's and integral to the narrative. Yeah. Um, um, but also, there's also, this is something that's always a bit complicated. It's like, what's editing and what's writing? And how much is, was that structure tinkered true. with? But I think that, um, I suspect there was a lot of work that went into the cut. I don't think it was just, here, we've written the script, we've shot the scenes, we lay them out in order, we've got the movie. Yeah. Um, and maintaining the flow in, of that very nonlinear time frame and making it feel all inevitable is a huge writing accomplishment, but also a huge editing accomplishment. Sure. I haven't seen I, Tanya, um, so I can't speak to the editing in it. From the trailers, it looks very in-your-face, so it's, that's part yeah. it's, it's a Requiem for a Dream nomination. Like, I can see that's edited. Yes. So, um, and, and again, it's very much not an Academy film, but Baby Driver. I mm. was really pleased, I, and I think um, there's a lot of really good editing in it, and I think... Um, the thing that's holding it back probably is the lack of general support for the film and also that Edgar Wright is such a notorious storyboarder and plans everything so meticulously mm. that um but at the same time like I know that there there was a lot of rechange on that because you try to do things like a shot of a tire peeling away and you you time it for 1.5 seconds and then it takes 2.5 seconds mm. and everything's cut so meticulously but it's such songs. a musical film exactly mm. it's cut to the songs and therefore I wonder where the baby driver will wind up with sound editing or sound mixing most yeah. sound editing more likely because the choreography and everything is impeccable and it is important. Yeah. But that's more film editing than sound editing because it's cutting the pictures to the... Um, to the sound. Yeah. And so I think, I think that we're... Yeah, whereas... I think, it's, I think it's a race between Dunkirk and I, Tonya. I, Tonya is cut within an inch of its life. Yeah. Um, but then it employs pretty much every visual style in the book. Um, yeah. And therefore it's got to be well cut in order to not feel completely incoherent. Interesting, a female editor as well, Tatiana Regal, which, mm. uh, again, is, that the, is this the year that that makes a difference? 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I would be happy with Dunkirk or Itonia for that. I agree with you that uh, Shape of Water and Three Billboards, I mean, as you say, yeah, they're cut, full yeah. stop. Um, if Three Billboards wins film editing, it will win Best Picture. That's my guaranteed prediction because it doesn't deserve film editing. And if it gets it, then it's just part of this giant sweep towards um, right. Three just Billboards. Right, this, this so wave that, of ludicrosity. Yeah. Right. Although, although, as we saw last year, just you know, even if you win the award, it doesn't mean you've won Best Picture. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> and, we, and we should reassure listeners that we neither of us has anything against Three Billboards. Um, at all. I mean, you know, yeah. neither of us hated it. I quite liked it. Yeah, I, I love it as much as everybody else. But I mean, it's a solid as film. It's a horrible thing that does happen. And um, one reason I've been glad to be a bit offline this year is that um, the enemy of a very good film is getting Oscar nominated. And it's what happened to La La Land last year. And if La La Land had come out in May and not had any Oscar hype, it would have been this really lovely film that was mm. well remembered. And, mm. you know, and maybe if it just kind of snuck in. But it became this film that was very trendy to hate. And I think, um, you know, there's a lot about Ryan Gosling and Damien Chazelle that's built into that, but it was as much about its status as an Oscar object. And, you know, to be fair, there's part of the publicity around it is to try to create that. It can so be a double-edged sword, yeah. can't it? Yeah, and so I think Three Billboards is a film that's very good, that's been overpraised relative to, <clears throat> to its, its merits. merits. I agree. And um, time will show me right or wrong. I realise we haven't even remotely touched on animated feature film. The Boss Baby, of all things, which Liam I have McGurin not is seen. is a huge fan. Apparently it's great. Yep. The Breadwinner, which I have not heard of. Uh, Coco, which of course everybody in the world, everybody in his dog has seen. Ferdinand and Loving Vincent. And I want to mention this category because I think it's really interesting that Loving Vincent, the first ever laboriously hand-painted film is in this category of course it would be where else can it go um podcast film friends of mine um feel that coco should definitely win and um their argument is that loving vincent um is all very well that it's it's technically amazing because it's painted and it's animated but actually in terms of a story and also in terms of the performances it isn't very good this is in my friend's opinion and therefore it does not a whole film maketh um, so it'll be interesting to see to what extent it gets the novelty award of, gee, we've never seen a, a painted film before. And it does look sensational. Yeah. And I really liked Loving Vincent. I think I think Coco is such a strong film. And I think Pixar... Now, it'll be interesting if the controversy around Pixar uh, tarnishes I don't think it will tarnish that, it. But um, I think it's um, Coco's such a good film. And in some years, Pixar has weaker films. And if it was a weaker film, I could see it being threatened, especially because, you know, the, the various studio allegiances mean, you know, the Boss Baby and Ferdinand will pull certain votes. Mm. But um, Loving Vincent was a beautiful experiment and it was a bit of a snooze. And I'll be really surprised if it pulls past Coco, mm. would be my thing. Um, I'm going to do one last one. There's one sentimental favorite that I really want to win. There's five nominees for uh, Best Documentary Feature. And I've seen um, a couple of them. Uh, so there's Abacus Small Enough to Jail, which is the latest film by Steve James, who did Hoop Dreams and The Interrupters. Yes. Uh, there's Icarus, which is uh, Brian Fogel and Dan Kogan's documentary about um, doping and competitive cycling. There's the um, gutting and powerful Last Man in Aleppo, mm. which is a really powerful documentary. Um, and then there's Strong Island, which I haven't seen, which is about the death of the filmmaker's brother. But the... Um, if I could make one Oscar happen this year, it would be for uh, Faces Places, which is Agnes Varda's um, latest and possibly final film as she's losing her eyesight. Um, 
she's the grandmother of the French New Wave, and she's not going to be around much longer. And Faces Places is such a joyous celebration of a film. She, it's actually she's collaborated in directing it with um, a young French artist named J.R., which a couple people have billed as the French Florian Habeck. He, uh, this tall guy that wanders around in sunglasses and takes pictures and blows them up to giant size. Nice. And they just do a road trip around the countryside and show up in villages and come up with things to do and um, the French title is Visage Village Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so um, which works a little better than Faces Places and then her um, daughter Rosalie is also credited as a director but um, Agnes is a panacious unique woman who um, has a ludicrous sense of fashion and um, has no sense of false sentimentality and she will give an Oscar speech that no one will forget Mm. and it will be you know ever since she did films like Cleo from 5 to 7 and um, La Bonheur in the 50s and 60s. She's, it's a Lifetime Achievement Award that she deserves, and I just hope she gets it. I, I hear you. You've sold it to me, Doug. I would, I'd vote for her because I thought that Last Man in Aleppo might be sort of the zeitgeist, and it mm. is a desperately important and moving and very, very sadly still very current movie. Mm. But I hear you with um, Agnes Varda. She's also the only female director in that bunch and I know that statistically women make documentaries more than they make um, other types of movies and that's more out of a very small number Mm. Um, but as you say it could also be sort of a lifetime achievement sort of situation Um, so yep let's vote in for Vada sounds good till next time this is the Dilla Watts and you've been listening to Married to the Movies (laughs) 